everybody out there in podcast land. You're listening to Biampod. Sorry we weren't here last week. We had a little problem, didn't we, Sanya? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my hard drive died and we had all our sound files for what would have been this episode. episode. Oh, Australian. My my hard drive died and I lost all the audio footage that would have comprised this episode. So, uh, and on top of that, I had a lot of work deadlines. So we, we decided, rather than stress me out further than was absolutely necessary, we thought we'd take a week off. Plus as well, I know a lot of you are still catching up. We seem to yeah, have told did, that a lot. We made a few super long episodes in recent weeks. So yeah. I guess... It's fair it's fair to give people a chance to catch up. Yeah, a little fire break every now and then. Yes, let the uh what's the word? Let let the stragglers catch up with the, <laughs> the front runners a bit. Close that gap. So this week as uh, we're just going to soldier on as as we had originally planned. So we're going to carry on with a, a a letters bag. Is that the correct post bag? Post bag. Some of which will be about Brave, some of which might not be. Um, apologies, by the way, when we get into them, because we have read <laughs> quite a few of these out once already and then subsequently lost the footage. And apologies if we do end up missing someone, somehow slip through the, the, the gaps. Yeah. Um, we did try to read everybody. So sorry for that in advance if it does happen. We've tried to be thorough, but you never know. I did just want to pick up on something that we, we touched upon in the last episode that we recorded. Well, no, the last episode that we recorded. We lost so the last episode that you heard where we touched upon the band's uh, album update video because there have been some developments on that topic. Uh, some of you might be aware of a Facebook group called Lucy's Friday Questions where the band's manager, Lucy Jordash, answers questions from fans it seems like a thankless task because she does get the same questions over and over again. So occasionally she does post on there and adds a pin post where she just answers all the questions that she either gets frequently, frequently asked questions, uh, or questions that she anticipates are going to be asked. I mean, that doesn't stop people asking them anyway, who they just don't bother reading that post. But there are a few things in there that I thought we could just mention briefly given that uh, it looks like at least the current plan is for the new Marillion album to come out in the autumn this year so we what? said it might happen next year oh really what? Oh, excited. no I didn't know that yeah because uh, I had understood that they were planning on completing it this year but not necessarily putting it out this year. Well, that's what the band seemed to allude to in that video. So Lucy, I suspect... That <laughs> has other ideas yeah, for them. Oh, I'm sure the band are like, no, we'll just keep going. It'll be done when it's done. And I'm sure there is a degree of Lucy going, no, you need to get an album out this year. <laughs> which will, of course, coincide with the tour, which this has also happened since we last recorded, mm. was the government have, have announced that we might be back into some sort of semblance of normal life by yes. June the 21st. So, yeah, we might be going to that Meridian gig because we were we were casting doubt upon that. I mean, I'm still going to I'm I'm still going to consider it a might yeah. just in case but with a more optimistic waiting to that might. Yes. Um I mean, because of course October uh Is, or November yeah, it's Which like is, yeah. getting into flu season again, isn't it? Yeah, and they have said there may be restrictions yeah. over the winter, which is a shame they couldn't have, I don't know, done the dates in August or September or something. But, I know. Because Reading and Leeds festivals are going ahead this yeah. year, at least at the moment anyway. Yeah, and there's a live event that we're putting on in September. I bet Glastonbury's kicking itself. Mm. Well, yeah, but... Because that's is that end of June? June, July. I can't remember when Glastonbury is. I always it's normally, thought it was June. It's normally early summer. Yeah. So, but it, it could have, it could have happened. Yeah, it's still a gamble, isn't it? I mean, it's a gamble, obviously, for Leeds and. and it's Reading. a gamble, but I think it's less of a gamble in summer than it is in October and November. Yeah, I mean, I'm still terrified at the thought of being in a room full of thousands of people. Are you? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm going to do it because yeah. I just think there's at some point we've got to go. Look, we've just got to take the plunge i reckon that when i'm in the situation i'm just gonna 
forget and it will feel normal and I'll just forget about everything and just be normal in well, it. Well, I'll have a few beers and then... And then forget. Yeah, forget and then worry about the consequences Throw all caution to the wind. Yeah. So they're hoping to do a pre-order for the new album again, which Lucy refers to as a magnificent pre-order campaign, which, which all things willing will start in April. So once again, we're looking at, you know, getting your names in the booklet and... Uh, all of that. That's exciting. How many times have you had your name in a booklet? I don't know. <laughs> Does it? Do you get excited about that? Because I know, like, for a lot of people, it's it's something that they really treasure. I don't really care. I'll be honest. No. Nah, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't. That's weird, isn't it? It's just a list of names. It's not like you know, if if it was just my name in the booklet, that would be different. <laughs> I'm sort of lost in amongst hundreds of other people. Yeah, if it was just my name or or I was credited on an album for, you know, playing a triangle. triangle, Yeah, I was going to say tambourine and I got confused. Triambourine, triangular tambourine. They probably have those. Anyway, I digress. Um, Yeah, if it was something like that, that's different. (laughs) But just my name chucked in with a million other people. Nah, not bothered. They did. I mean, of course, um, Marillion.com. Mm. Uh, that album had passport photos that people sent in. No way. Oh, that's yeah. such a good idea. I didn't do it. No, why? I didn't care. Oh. The pictures are so that's small. A bit sad. They're tiny pictures. It's cool, though. Again, if it was just my picture, if my face was the album cover, for, <laughs> yeah, the cover of the new like Marilyn brave, album. Like brave, just yeah. your face. Yeah, me. You'd call the album Paul. With writing all over it. <laughs> Biffo. So, um, so there's that. And then the other little bit of news, somehow we've turned into the Meridian newscast. Uh, <laughs> Which I'm sure like everyone already knows everyone anyway. Everyone knows all because this. Because if they're listening to this podcast, they probably already Look, follow those. we're trying to be pages. exhaustive. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, is the Meridian weekends, which normally they would, um, dates would be announced around now. Wouldn't uh, we be getting ready for one? Well, yeah, March. Technically next month. Yeah, March. We would have been yeah. going next month. Yeah. Uh, well, this month, as as you'll be listening to this. In oh, March. yeah, true. But yeah, obviously, it's been moved to twenty twenty two. But uh, as Lucy says, they're they're um, probably going to delay ticket sales for a while because they're they're struggling to get insurance. Oh, oh, yeah. that's yeah, that's interesting. Because because um, I mean, I know you know my industry, the TV industry. That's that's was one of the biggest things of my show that's shooting at the moment. It's a kids' show. Don't get excited, everyone. Um, for CBBC, that was trying to get insurance for that was added a lot of money to the budget. Yeah. So. Uh, so it's possible that it might hike up the prices for people going. Well, I saw her say that the tent. This it's partly yeah because of course it's not just COVID to think about it's Brexit as well as has had a knock on effect. Oh, you're joking! So there is that. So the tent apparently was going to cost. I think she said something like forty thousand pounds more than normal because of uh, Brexit. I don't. I'm assuming so. She didn't specify. Um, yeah. Wow. Another forty grand added to the cost. So all that's got to be negotiated before it, you know make it affordable for people who want to go, but. You know, and also for the band to, you know, make money out of it because that's the whole point of yeah. doing it, really. I wonder if they'd ever consider uh, having a Marillion weekend on that scale in England. Well, 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 like yeah. finding a, a kind of a centre parks kind of location. This in gets England. asked a lot. Does it? Yeah. I'll just add it to the pin frequently asked <laughs> yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah. Oh no, she gets asked this a lot. So I'm it? sorry yeah. for repeating. Um, but I, I think it's not. Well, prior to Brexit, it wasn't as cheap to do it here and there wasn't now yeah i wasn't there wasn't as well i think lucy said there wasn't anywhere that was as suitable Mm. i mean obviously they did have marillion weekends here they they before they went to the netherlands uh and the butlins ones were on a big scale but i mean the accommodation wasn't as nice you were sharing the place with other people so you know there's all those things what makes the Port Zealand weekend, so especially as we have that exclusively. Everyone who's there is a Marillion fan. Yeah. Whereas the last Butlins one, we were sharing it with a country and western weekend. Yeah, it's not quite the same. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's anywhere like in Scotland or Ireland that I think they've looked. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they have. Yeah. Um and also, I mean, 
it is it does make it a bit more special for us to go to the net to travel to the Netherlands. Yeah, and for us, be in a different country, and it's such a beautiful location. Like yeah, I love the atmosphere there. Mm. I love the chalets. I love the lake. It's, it's, it's just, incredibly just peaceful gorgeous. as well. The I mean, staff are so friendly. It's just it's like being on holiday. Food's good. Food's amazing. Yeah. Beer's good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, should we crack on with the letters? Yes. That's that's Marillion Newscast. Uh, <laughs> which over. everyone's heard, yeah. which everyone already has heard before. And now anyway. the weather. Over <laughs> to Samuel with the weather. And the weather right. in the form of a letter. With the letters. So this first one is from Ridian. Um, it's not about Brave, which well, the letters this week will predominantly be about Brave. So Ridian says, Hi Paul and Sanya. I would like to thank you for the excellent podcast, which I'm trying to catch up on. I've just featured, finished the Misplaced Child Marathon and have a way to go to get up to speed. This is why we needed a break. True. <laughs> I'm 50 years old, so a bit older than Paul. And not by much, really, and I'm 50 this year. Um, he says, I'm the youngest of four. My oldest brother brought home the 12-inch of Market Square Heroes, having seen them in Aberystwyth, and said, sorry, Paul, you're going to hear this lot. You've got to hear this lot. They sound just like Genesis. We're all big Genesis fans, and I still am. So this was, in fact, great. But I do agree that by the time of misplaced childhood, the whole Genesis thing was completely irrelevant. Remember, by 1981, Genesis were making angular art rock on Abacab and heading towards world pop rock domination with Genesis, Mama and Invisible Touch. My second brother then bought home Script and my third brother bought Fugazi. When I was 15, I bought Misplaced Childhood. My third brother and I went to see them on the Misplaced Childhood tour for my first gig ever in Cardiff St. David's Hall in late 85. I then kind of zoned out off the season's end and was reintroduced to them around 97 or 98 and picked up with this strange engine. I signed up to the email list and my name is in the crowdfunded album somewhere. I've only seen them once in the eight years in Aylesbury, but they've been a constant presence at home for me since my teen years. I've struggled occasionally with the longer form songs and never really got to grips with Happiness is the Road or the longer bits of marbles. What? Anyway... But I must say, I am tremendously looking forward to getting into them in your company. We'll let you off, Ridian. Thanks in particular for the episodes from Fugazi and Misplaced. You've really helped me put them into context of Fish's own life. And the lyrics, which I previously loved but never examined too much, are now far less opaque. Like you, I still wish they'd replaced Emerald Lies or She Chameleon with Cinderella Search. Yes! It would have not only made Fugazi a better album, but also a warmer one. And one I could wholeheartedly love rather than something I approach with a bit of dread. Thanks in particular to Sanya, who get you getting a shout out, because I think her newcomer's approach and her open-minded attitude really lifts the podcast out of the normal fan zone into something rather different and much more interesting. One last point about the magpie. Isn't it associated with theft and stealing and shiny bright things? Could the magpie somehow represent fish chasing the shiny bright life of a rock star and neglecting the more basic elements of normal grounded life? Well, That's an interesting viewpoint. Yes, you said that when we on our previous version of this episode. <laughs> We're going to have this, aren't we? We're going to struggle. Sorry, everyone. We are going to struggle. Uh, but I think the last two or three letters came in after we'd recorded. So yeah, hopefully those our, our responses will, will be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily. I don't know. I saw it more as as I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I guess I always saw it as, as more literal, the sort of one for sorrow thing with the magpie. Hmm. Anyway, do you want to we'll read the next know, letter? Unless we are. Wow, you, you talked for about half an hour after the on the last episode. <laughs> on the last recording session. I, I know you can't. I know you're like, uh <laughs> you had you were like, Oh, it's really interesting because dot dot dot. I know, I can't remember what I said. Well, let's because see now. Now I've said it. Once I say it and it's out of it's my gone. head, it's like, yeah. it's like that thought is complete. Ridian, you'll have to imagine Sanya having these really erudite and insightful comments off the back of your letter. They were amazing. Uh, but I do think it's a good point about the magpie. Yes, yes. Representing I'm not. I'm theft. not saying it isn't, but I never saw him. Anyway, do you want to read the next letter? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? So our next letter is from Mark Borden and he says, Like many fans, I had the first four Marillion albums and loved them all. 
I actually felt like they got better with each new release, hence peaking with clutching. And when Fish left, they released Season's End. I thought it was a good starter album for the new era, but not anywhere near the quality or depth of the first four. Then came Holidays, which I couldn't get my head around. I didn't like the artwork or the new logo. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. The pop songs seemed overly polished and the prog songs just passed me by with the exception of Waiting to Happen. Yes. As a result of Holidays and the strange choice of covering the lukewarm Sympathy, I was almost ready to check out from my favourite band for the first time. Hence, when they released Brave, I didn't even know it was out. I came back to our student digs one day and I heard this great instrumental track being blasted out from my mate's room. I thought it sounded like Pink Floyd, but I didn't recognise it. When I asked him what it was, he told me it was Winter Trees, the B-side of Hollow Man, which was the new Marillion single. I immediately went out and got the album and listened to it in its entirety. On my first listen, I remember feeling really underwhelmed and somewhat confused by the whole thing. But as I got into the story and read more about the theme, I gradually started to connect with the atmosphere of the album. Slowly but surely, the album really grabbed my imagination and the individual parts started to get stuck in my head. Brave then became a bit of a classic for me. I saw them live on the Brave tour, which was theatrically brilliant. And I also got the film, which was definitely not The Wall. Definitely wasn't. (laughs) But nevertheless, I could see the band were back on track and were doing interesting things again. I have continued to follow the band ever since and loved the ebb and flow of the albums throughout the rest of the H era. For, For me, Brave is a dark, atmospheric, experimental, impressionist piece of work. It is a classic album to listen to in its entirety on headphones and to get lost in. If only we could replace Paper Lies with Winter Trees, it could have been their best. Uh, I can't wait to hear your review of Marble's Fear and how you tackle the slightly puzzling arachnophobia. Stay safe, Mark Borden. Yeah. Well, we sort of agree with all of that, really, don't we? Yeah, for sure. I even agree that arachnophobia is a slightly puzzling album. Oh, I'm I'm not up to that yet, no. so I can't agree with that. Yeah, I won't say more now. Although I have, I've been reading an uh, interview with, uh, in an old web, well, three old web, web magazines, a three-part interview with um, Dave Megan, who explains how marbles wouldn't have happened without anarachnophobia. And it has given me a slightly greater appreciation of it. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, you were saying you'd like to do an episode just dedicated to Dave Megan. Yeah, there's it's great interview by Andy Rotherham from the web. Uh, there's stuff in there I learned that I, I I mean I must have read it at the time because I've been a, a member of the web for ages, so I must have read it, but I'd forgotten a lot of the stuff. Uh, it was really insightful. Um, yeah. Oh, something I meant to tell you. You know, at the end of every episode, I say, you know, set, leave us a review on uh, yeah. podcast. Got our first negative one. Oh, no. Well, it wasn't negative. It was four stars. And what was it? It was, uh, it was generally good, but someone needs to tell me that my opinions aren't definitive. Or words to that effect. I'll tell you what it said. Oh, interesting. I, that's interesting that, I mean, I guess some people might interpret you, what you're saying as you saying it's definitive, but it's, yeah, I don't it's, think I ever, I don't think I ever receive it that way from you because. Well, you know me for a Yeah, start. I guess I know you. Um, yeah, it was a uh, really enjoy this retrospective review of all Marillion album releases. Enjoyable, but the host needs to accept that his opinions are not always the globally accepted opinion, especially around the album Brave. Entertaining all the same. Oh, interesting. I wonder what that means. Yeah. Um, I think he just doesn't like the fact that he disagrees with me. I've tried very hard to kind of go, look, you know, these are just our opinions. And it's the same with any review. 
you know, you don't want every review you read to go, to, to, to have the caveat, these are just my opinions, because really it's a given. And I would hope that was the case on the podcast as well, that when I say something... It's uh, just e- your yeah. opinion. Yeah, Even you're not being I, like a journalist where you have to stay neutral and well, give both Well, hang on, since when do journalists have to stay neutral in I thought a review? They, I thought that... Not in a review. Well, I don't know. When do, have you ever read the British press or the American press? Hello? When it, yeah, but I thought they, were, they weren't meant to be doing that. I, th- I thought the whole point was you're meant to try and stay neutral. There's no... But not when you're giving a personal review. But there's no meant about it. I mean, the, the, the press around the world is wildly polarised. Yeah, I know. I know they are, but they're not meant to be. I don't, why is, I don't think there's any meant about it. You're right. What you're what like. I'm saying though is, when someone's giving a personal review, mm. it's not neutral. You're no. allowed to say, "I didn't like this bit," or "I did like that bit." Yeah, and even um, if I generalise wildly, uh, you know, for instance, when I'm sort of saying, "I don't, know, I don't quite know what he means." Uh, with that comment about Brave, because with Brave, I think it, it's more about when I'm talking about sort of the, the fan base as a whole. Mm. I'm talking about sort of perhaps a majority and, and how it's sort of perceived, whereas Brave is generally conceived to be a difficult masterpiece, I think. Mm. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think the general consensus is that it's a tough one to get into. And when we've been talking about it, it's like we've sort of asked, well, why did... Why did the the album, which is now considered a work of art, cost them fans? Which it did. Yeah. Which is why we sort of try to get opinions of the band themselves from the time and retrospectively. And also kind of why we do these letters uh, episodes, because we want to get a broader And I, I do, this is something that I've really appreciated from the letters. It's, you see that we can all approach the same album and the same songs and from completely different directions yeah. and get from and um, get from them and come away from those same albums and songs with completely different perspectives well yeah we'll look at look at our mates in our facebook group yeah our oh yeah facebook we group, regularly disagree about disagree about i agree we agree on some points but there are areas you know and songs that were just wildly divergent when it comes to yeah um, i guess it's hard like for example if you really really dislike the song holidays in eden it's going to be hard for you to say it's a great song because mm. you don't like it but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to not like it no well we know at least one person who does like it anthony it's <laughs> <an> idiot <laughs> an idiot this is why you get in trouble <laughs> and that's the other thing <laughs> I'm irreverent. That's what I do. <laughs> you know, don't take me at face value, please. Let's do another letter. This is a short one from Anthony Mackey. You are spot on about Alone Again, about it not being a brave move. I haven't gotten to the end of the episode. Oh, he's writing midway through. Never do that, Anthony. Never do that. <laughs> Too late. Because we could, we could just, you know, after you've sent your email, we could just turn around and go, psych! <laughs> <laughs> Everything we said was a lie. Yeah. But he says, but I hope you think the same about Made Again. I've always thought that was a weak move. There you go. Don't write in before you finish listening to the episode. We love Made Again. Yes. And in fact, everyone loves Made Again. (laughs) (laughs) Every Marillion fan loves Made Again. Paul, stop that. Hope you learnt your lesson, Anthony. I'll, I'll read the next one. Okay. As that was only a little one. All right, do it. This is from Mark... Honeyborn. I don't know why I said it like that. First off, thanks for the podcast. I'll preface this by saying my only experience with the band was Kaylee and Lavender back in the day of singles. As far as H goes, I've never heard anything that he has done, unlike Fish. I'm a Genesis fan, I've said it, so I've ripped that plaster off. I've heard other bits from Fish because of his few collabs with Tony Banks on his solo albums. So I'm quite familiar with his voice, more so now after the previous podcasts. For a bit of context, I listen to most of my music while I work at my local Morrisons as a key worker at this time, putting stuff on shelves. You're a hero. Yes, thank you for keeping us stocked up. With toilet paper. Especially with toilet paper. Especially with toilet paper. (laughs) 
No, that makes us sound like the toilet paper hoarders, which we weren't. Which we were. We just have uh, chronic diarrhea. <laughs> Constant. We're just grateful that there's still toilet paper in the shops. Um. Anyway, I'll throw myself. Uh, what was I saying? So these are his thoughts on on Brave as someone who was familiar with fish, but certainly not a fan. He says, "Bridge bit pointless." <laughs> Living with a big lie. Really enjoyed it. Like how much more rock it was. Nice groove to the music. Works well. Particularly enjoyed the drumming. Doesn't outstay. It's welcome. Nearly at nearly seven minutes. Runaway. Bit of a roller coaster. Quite unsubtle in comparison to Big Lie. Then you get the crest of the hill for the fast downhill to the end. This one felt exciting. Not expected. Going by the slow start. Were you trying to say something when I was? Talking? I said uh, I I agreed with him about living with a big lie. Uh, Goodbye to all that. Nice and soft in comparison to the rockier bits. Could have done without the long instrumental in the middle. It's all about the long instrumental in the middle, Mark. That's what that's a bit. That's what it's all about. You take that out. You. It's like sort of saying, oh, this sandwich could have done without the cheese and ham in the middle. That's the <laughs> point. <sighs> Hard as love. Halfway through the album, and my only issue has been with the softer side of the tracks. I love the softer side, sorry. Uh, loving more of the heavier stuff, but this one has, to my ears, the perfect mix of hard and soft. I can see this being edited into a four-minute single and be up there with Kaylee. I don't see that myself. I think it's very less commercial. Very less commercial? Very less commercial than Kaylee. Anyway, uh, The Hollow Man, no, not one I like. Sanya, you got anything to say about that? No. It's far too slow for Mark Honeybourne and not much going on to keep his attention. Oh, Mark. Alone Again in the Lapid Luxury almost took my favourite track away from Runaway and would have if they stopped and faded the last 1 minute 30 from this one. (laughs) Like the best bit of the song. Uh, Brilliant. Started quiet and ended up getting hard and fast. My number two of the album... Well, well, my number two of the album's Paper Lies. <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant. Paper Lies, talking of. Again, other than the last, what, 30 seconds? Again, the, the best bit of the song. Um, I really like this one, then it fades into Brave. Brave, absolutely lovely vocals, but musically takes half the track to actually go anywhere. Then it's a long, drawn-out four minutes of what I can just say is fluff. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. But it just shows you, doesn't yeah. it? It's like everyone... We be- all have different experiences with the songs. We all like different stuff. Yeah. Uh, and our podcast is an excuse for people to go along with us and find their own bits that they like and dislike. Yeah. Yeah, and have that experience of going through time, really, with the band. Mm. Um, so The Great Escape, some excellent, excellent vocal work and such a palate cleanse after Brave. Wow. <laughs> and this album should have been called after this. One of the few that I could hear Fish sing. Really couldn't. Great combo of drums, keys and guitar. The last minute guitar really sang to me. Probably the best I've heard so far. Okay, good. He likes he likes the great escape. That's good. So made again. Quite a happy and jolly end to the album. For me, it made up for the lows I get from the title track and the lulls from a few of the other tracks. At least he likes made again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, for me, they are no longer the market square heroes. They've certainly moved on now to something dot 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 different. I don't tend to listen so far into the lyric, more to the actual music, as you have probably gathered. And going by what you've said on part two, we have a few different views. That that, that was very true. But to summarise, this is probably the first album that I could potentially hear Fish being able to do. Always felt when I've heard H sing, sounds much like Peter Gabriel in the early Genesis albums. Well, I I don't really hear Peter Gabriel in H's voice. And aside from it being prog... I, I can't imagine Fish singing the songs on this album. I can't either. Now, when we first recorded this podcast... Yeah, do you wanna, do you, oh, you are going there. We I'm not going to go into the whole conversation because I can't remember what I said, but we had a massive conversation about... It was an argument. <laughs> about which song... Um, Fish singing H-era songs and whether we think there are any songs that he would cover and would he do them 
let's just say it didn't go down well. Yeah, as I pointed <laughs> so, out to Sanya. Because I thought, yeah, I'd be interested to know whether he would ever sing any eight-year songs. Oh, God, you've done it again. Okay, okay, oh, right. my God. Right. <laughs> as I said to cut. you. Okay, let's uh, stop no, right now. No, no, we, you've brought it up. Let's go there, just in case anyone Actually, else. Actually, Mark brought it up. Okay, right. <laughs> firstly, I firstly, can't imagine him singing. What was it? Brave that Mark said. No, fish <laughs> singing brave. No, which one did he say? He said he can imagine. Um... Great Escape or something. It doesn't look. It doesn't matter. Did you sort him through the letter? Let me get to my point. Uh oh. Okay, go. Look, firstly. Why would Fish sing any eight-era songs? Why would Fish sing a song from a band that he has left, that was written after he left? Why would Fish do that? Right, firstly... Maybe Mark meant he could imagine I'm not talking. I'm not talking songs. about Mark's letter. I'm talking about what you said. I'm talking about your thing. <laughs> Which songs... Which I'm regretting. Which you're up regretting again, now. again for the second time. Yeah. Why would Fish do it? Which I think is what you know. You said to me when we first recorded this. Well, why wouldn't he? And as I pointed out, he's a solo artist. He's not in Marillion. You know. Yeah. Okay. I take it. Aside back. from that, Fish's voice isn't what it was. Even when he sings Fish era songs now, they have to change them dramatically. H has got way more range than Fish ever did. Frankly. And Fish would very, very much struggle with, I think, any H-era song. What I can say is that there are certain H-era songs that I kind of go, oh, they sound a bit Fish-era-y, but I still couldn't imagine Fish singing them. Right. Also, secondly, this is one of the forbidden topics that you don't bring up. <laughs> you know, like, why, why don't they do up? a reunion? Yeah, with fish. That's that's. Here I am. I'm asking all the number, hard questions. That's number one. You don't don't bring up the re the potential reunion. Number two. Yeah. Also, yeah. Don't don't bring up the singing each other's songs thing. It's a forbidden topic because he's just going to cause arguments. Like it has, like yeah. it's doing right and now. And when it gets into you know Lucy Friday questions again, it gets brought up. There's oh, no, have yeah. people genuinely oh, asked stuff like it? That. It's normally a dogpiling of, you know... Really? Oh, well, doesn't H sing Fugazi? Or, you know, oh, why don't they have a reunion? It would be really good for both of them. Okay. Anyway, Fish is retiring, so it's never going to happen now. <laughs> Not that it ever was going to happen. Well, it was almost going to happen at one point. But... <laughs> And yes, they You're did get together in 2007. In uh, let's just move on. Let's move Christ on. Sake. I think this it's safer. This is what happens safer. when you unlock the forbidden topics. Ah, when you yeah, see my my inner troll likes unlocking forbidden topics, but then <laughs> then my normal self is like, no, don't do it, and regrets it. Okay, so our next letter is from Leighton Pritchard, who says, "Brave was the album that kept me a Marillion fan. I'd gotten into Marillion while at an impressionable age, somewhere between misplaced childhood and clutching." I went through the back catalogue and thought Clutching was pure dark genius when it came out. Marillion became one of my favourite bands. The terminally uncool Meatloaf and Iron Maiden were in there too. You mean cool Iron Maiden. Um, Another topic that we <laughs> never want to get into again. I had Meatloaf albums that Meatloaf didn't even remember recording. I was that much of a fan. And they were the first band that I saw live at the Manchester Apollo Clutching Tour. I remember hearing Tommy Vance on for the Friday Rock Show when he announced that Fish had left Marillion. And I think he said something along the lines of, I always thought they'd go on forever like Genesis. Oh, Tommy. Look how that turned out. Anyway, I was open to Fish's solo stuff and Marillion's new form, but Mark Wilkinson's artwork was such a draw that I got Vigil on vinyl and only had Season's End on cassette. I thought Vigil was great and I preferred it to Season's End. I've always thought Uninvited Guest was plodding and obvious, but Season's End, After Me and especially The Space were reassuring. I bought Stoke Road to Ipanema and was excited by Eric. Things seem to be going okay with the changeover. Eric, you and I watched Stoke Road to Ipanema. Yeah, I can't we? remember Eric. Eric was when he demonstrates the, the magic gloves to playing a song oh. out of songbooks. Do you remember that? Mm. Remember we were watching it and you went, oh, wow, how's he getting that guitar sound out of those gloves? And then it panned, and it was yeah, it panned across to Rothers' place. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, so that was Eric he was playing. I thought that, that was oh, they just the called... end of... No, they just called it Eric as a joke. Oh, I see. Then Holidays in Eden happened. I liked Cover My Eyes, was only slightly embarrassed by the Top of the Pops performance and Horrors actually liked How Can It Hurt. The album starts well, Splintering splintering Heart is amazing, but then there was the dullest, faintly fuddy-duddy party. Yes, I agree, fuddy-duddy. Yep, high five. It's not great, but it's, it's not... I wouldn't call it fuddy duddy. It is. It's thank you. At least someone agrees with me. You're fuddy duddy. <laughs> and the soft rock takeover. And the steamer right in the middle. Yeah. I thought Holidays in Eden, the song, was profoundly duff since I first heard it. And no amount of replay has softened my heart to it. The chorus is objectively a stinker. I love the band, but that set of songs was like a musical warning shot of their future direction, and I didn't really want any of it. They pulled the album back with This Town and Rake's Progress in 100 Nights, which I still love, Mm. but the disc was sat on the shelf quite quickly. Then I went off to uni, and I was suddenly the only person I knew who liked Marillion. I listened to the Radio 1 broadcast of the 10th anniversary Wembley show on my own, in the flat, because no one else was interested. But I hadn't cared enough to get the compilation. What I'd heard with sympathy made me think they might be out of ideas. That's the second person that said they found sympathy dull, and I really liked sympathy. I find sympathy dull. Really? Yeah. I really enjoyed sympathy. I thought it was a great cover version. Mm. Hmm. Oh, well. Um, Then Brave came out, and I was in my second year at uni and wasn't that fussed about buying it. Money was short, and I hadn't liked the direction of Holidays in Eden very much. There weren't any singles to speak of, and I hadn't kept up with the press. But I gave it a punt with the thought that if this kept the line of Holidays in Eden, I'd probably give up on future music from the band. I sat in a pretty crappy flat over Greg's on Duke Street in Glasgow, put my headphones on, and was transported right from the opening foghorn. It It won me back from the very first play. It was atmospheric, moving, angry, frenzied, delicate, complex, ethereal, symphonic, and inspired. The ukulele pipes, still one of my favourite instruments on Brave, were spine-chilling. The ending of Great Escape was beautiful and tragic, and made again was the hope and release that the previous hour of darkness needed. Honestly, though, I've never gone with Paper Lies. I agree, it's out of place on the album. And Alone Again always sounded like a rework of Last Straw. Even so, I nearly—I never really felt the 73 minutes drag. Can I just say, I meant to, and if I haven't done in the episode that's gone out, I've lost track of when I've said things now because we lost the whole episode. Yeah. But yeah, I meant to say about how Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury sounds at least the start sounds almost identical to the last straw isn't that weird i never yeah. picked up on that mm. never picked up on that that's so weird yeah it is weird hmm. really weird it is it's so odd. weird it's so Bizarre. strange odd well it's a mystery <laughs> x file it was just a warm-up for beautiful and afraid of sunlight i'm glad i hung on thank you Layton. we got anything to say about that i don't know um, again, he kind of agrees with us, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, not more. Stick much that, more I could stick add that in it. your pipe and smoke it. Bloke who reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. What? Why? You're just agreeing with him, so <laughs> yes. it's not controversial. Well, yes, my point. Maybe, maybe I'm right about everything. Maybe everything I say actually is right. And that the bloke who reviewed us is the wrong one. He's he's wrong all the time. All the time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Listen, if you are listening to this, I'm joking. I feel <laughs> I should point that out. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't see. Being irreverent. And the next letter we have is from Stephen Clark. He says, Hi guys, thanks for the podcast. Just to add my own take on Brave, agree it would be better if it was shorter and some elements removed, such as Paper Lies. So far, it wow. has been unanimous on Paper Lies. 
pretty much, hasn't pretty it? Pretty much. No, that's not true. There was, um, I can't remember who it was from, one letter that he said he liked paper. Like the guy that Mark. liked all the rocky stuff. Ah. Uh, yeah, yes, I think it was um, Mark. I love Hollow Man, but it doesn't fit in here. What? Hmm. I guess, guess lyrically it's a bit Lyrically, strange. yeah, lyric, yeah, actually, Hollow that's right. would have Lyrically, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't really fit, <laughs> but musically it totally fits does. perfectly. Mm. And tonally, yeah. Mm. Uh, personally, I've never got on with the mumbling title track, so tend to skip it. Mm. Is that what? Brave? Mumbling? Yeah, this is, again, I can't remember where I've said this in an episode that's gone out or whether I just said it in the last one that we recorded that didn't go out, uh, that there has been some debate about when H mumble sings. I'm not sure what... Like, is it actual mumbling? Well, I don't... Look, I, don't, I like I've it. I've never picked up on mumbling. A good example... I think it was when uh, a lot of people criticised it when Marbles came out. For instance, the intro to Fantastic Place. You know, I'm a schoolman. Yeah. Oh, and I it's like slightly it. mumbled. Yeah, I, I just like, thought I that like was... It. I thought that was part of the atmosphere of it. Yeah, it's using... It's performing the song mm. as opposed to singing it. I, I see it as getting the emotion in there. If he comes out of the gate and just does the full bloody Mariah Carey, you know, it, it's that's it. Technically, it might be great, but you're not going to get the emotion. And I love it when he does. It's that variation yeah. on on tone and stuff, and having thing some some things spoken or sung more quietly and mm. some more loudly. It, it really conveys emotion more powerfully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, but I thought no, it that's was okay. worth bringing up. As for the end, I've always had it in my head that she jumps, even though the police are trying to find out who she is. I feel that she returns at a later point and jumps. Finally, I have always envisaged Maid again as her spirit, returning ghost-like to the places she's been many times before. Like she's finally at peace. She sees herself in the mirror, free from doubt and pain. I know it's a John Helmer lyric, but it just seems to fit the end of the story perfectly. I first saw Marillion in 1984 on the Fugazi tour pre-album release. So it's great to revisit each album with you. Thanks again. Best wishes, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Um, I have to say, that's I kind that's how I interpreted it as well. That she went to the bridge more than once. And the first time the police found her, took her home, and then she escaped again and went back to the bridge. And then, did she jump? Didn't she jump? That bit. So what's that the, bit. What's the made again I wasn't bit sure. for you then? If that's if she jumps, do you believe that that she's a ghost? Because that's really dark. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good message to send to people that if you commit suicide. You're finally going to be free of all no, the pain, rather than yeah. you know live with it. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe by that point, I'd already heard you say that they'd uh, made two endings to the album: one where she jumps, one where she doesn't. So I probably just took "Made Again" as being the version that she didn't jump. Yeah, that's a, that's I think was the intent. But either way, I always experience the album as her going to the bridge twice. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so this one is from Pete Joyce. Hey guys. Hey you guys. <laughs> hey you guys. Baby Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> Sorry. Leave us a review about that. <laughs> <laughs> You can't get like this. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It was four stars. That's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, if anyone knew you personally, they'd know that you think you're always right. And you usually are. It's <laughs> annoying and frustrating. Let's get, let's get Mark on the podcast, see what he says about that. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying and frustrating, but it is a fact of life. Most of the time you are right. Why, apart that, from, okay, that apart makes me from, sound insufferable. Apart from practical things. Yeah, I can't get anything right when it comes to that. <laughs> Don't ask me about maths either. <laughs> Numbers. So, hey you guys. No, he doesn't say you. He says, hey guys. This is Pete Joyce. 
I've had the Ampod bookmarked for ages, meaning to give it a listen. And since I finally started listening in mid-January 2021, I've been compelled to do a binge in order to catch up. Fun fact, I'm enjoying it so much, I've now fallen behind with the Corona Diaries. What? Wow, we're more compelling than H himself. What on earth? Yeah. Uh, I actually get us as guests on the Corona Diaries, just so. Well, maybe you. I'm not going to be any good on there. Why? <laughs> I'm not a talker, am I? Uh, I think everyone listening to this podcast <laughs> would wildly disagree with you on I that. I would not be any good on there. Yeah, you would. I think we should. I think we should. We should. We should do a crossover episode like oh the Avengers. God. Should do an Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> Avengers of Marillion podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, Seriously, if you if if you are listening out there, Anthony. <laughs> Oh my God. To, okay, let's move on. I'm loving the banter immensely. You've just had some. Especially the casual irreverence. I said I was irreverent. For those songs which you guys find <clears throat> less than perfect. I can relate to the banter a lot. My better half is an Aussie. Ah, we've never heard of them before we met in 96. Ah, okay. It's not just me then. Though she still won't be in the same room when I'm listening to that fishy shit. <laughs> <laughs> some people, eh? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I've been a fan since 87-ish and the first news I'd heard about the band was that they'd split. However, it gave me enough time to get the back catalogue and by the time I was looking for something new to check out, Season's End came along. In fact, on the same day of release, I found a copy of Dry Land by How We Live. Oh, wow. On tape for 99p in one of Reading's three HMV stores. 99p for a tape? Yeah. 99p? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those were the good old days. Yeah. Mm. So a few comments about everything I've missed the boat on commenting on so far. But first the question. Would it have been Mr. Biffo responsible for the glowing mid-90s reviews on Teletext? Yes, that was me. Uh, They would basically just give me any Marillion-related stuff to either review or they'd get me to interview the band um, when I was working there. Because no one else wanted to do it. And I don't think the band ever complained because... They, they, you know, knew they were going to be guaranteed to get some positive coverage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did, I did radiation. I did this strange engine. Brave, I think I did brave. Brave, this strange engine. Must have done holidays. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so it was. I because I worked there from ninety three to. Uh, how was I in the office? To about ninety seven, I think. So yeah, so anything that came out of that during that time, I would have, would have done. I think I probably re- reviewed them live as well. All right, so he says script, title track, remains some of their finest work to my ears. Fugazi, the first album I properly listened to and fell in love with. So much so that I used one of my super expensive TDK Max tapes to copy my mate's brother's CD with Pat Benatar, Tropico, taped on the other side. (laughs) In reality, those blank tapes cost so much I'd have been better off buying the original for myself. Uh, Misplaced Childhood there's very little wrong with this album and therefore not much to say Clutching at Straws I find it easier to listen to in parts than Misplaced agreed so probably gets played more yeah uh, I would never ever have seen the split coming isn't oh, hindsight a marvellous thing yeah yeah well yeah I wouldn't have it's only now because as you said with hindsight I guess you don't get to see behind the scenes no. especially in those days there was no internet or we're anything. looking at those lyrics with the benefit of knowing what yeah. came next the, yeah why would you ever have interpreted the lyrics that way at the time yeah, yeah absolutely wouldn't have the height of their success mm. so season's end it basically came along at the right time to cement my fandom I love hooks but thought after me was a bit twee no so when the album hit I was rather happy. The space struck me immediately and still remains a favourite, except when they ruined the end of Cinderella Search with a naff version of it. Yes! Why, when they have played Cinderella Search, do they cut out the best bit of Cinderella Search and go into the space? Space is a good song, but Cinderella Search is better and deserves to be played in full. I've said it. There. If H (laughs) doesn't want to sing that end bit for whatever reason, get Martin in from Forgotten Sons. Well, at every gig. Yeah. He just has to follow them around just yeah. to, to sing half a song. Well, no, he could sing the half of that and the, the latter half of Blind Curve as well, which H never sings either. <laughs> Again, the best bit of that. Uh, Holidays in Eden. Personally, I love this. I remember taping the Friday Rock Show because Tommy Vance had the exclusive first player cover my eyes. I wasn't sold immediately. He had made some comment along the lines of, catchiest song since Kaylee, don't tell, tell Steve Hogarth, though. 
about um, holiday oh cover my eyes yeah. okay he says i think of it more as a soundtrack to a teen romantic angst type movie and it works quite well splintering heart equals broken heart cover my eyes equals find hot new love stroke lust interest uh, <laughs> yeah that's good etc etc and the rest of the songs in the album just follows through the stages in the relationship Holidays in Eden, the song, mm. is and always will be a steamer, though. Copyright. Copyright Mr. Biffo 2020. And top tip, if you want a ruin waiting to happen forever, replace the word faces with feces. When singing along, you're welcome. Uh, agree this town off of Stoke Row is way superior. Eat that, my friend Anthony, who couldn't tell the difference between the two versions. I loved all the new music on that video, a rip of the keyboard glove thing that later became Splintering Heart, but called Eric on the video for some reason, is still my ringtone. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, And he says, the singles collection wasn't this just a compilation to satisfy a record label contract. Agree the track list is odd, but assume it was done to contain sufficient tracks to get Meridio fans to buy, hence the extended assassin. Yet missing Sugar Mice is unfathomable. It is. But what Meridian fan doesn't have it already? Agreed. Brave didn't click until I saw them live. It was the first time I saw them live, in Leeds on the Brave tour. Whilst this may not sound unusual, it was, or is, for me. I often find the more polished sound of an album more accessible. I love Brave, but it's not something I really want to hear unless it's in its entirety. Yes, even Paper Lies. Of them all, I'll personally drop Alone Again, which just plods along to my ears. Interestingly, talking of Corona Diaries, yes, uh, H was talking about Alone Again, The Lap of Luxury, in the, the latest one, and he was talking about how badly it did in the charts, because it got number 50 or something like that. Oh, really? And they were all really depressed about it. He said, But he said he listens back to it now, and he can't believe how slow it is. So you know, it, is, it does yeah, plod. If it's if it's a rock song, yeah, that is quite a slow rock, rock song. Yeah, yeah. So even he sort of says, yeah, it, they should have made it made it faster. Mm. It's still not one of my favourites on the album. No, but... I think even if they speeded it up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he said, I missed the original uh, uh, CD release of this. There was something about the way the album cover was printed on the CD itself in really heavy layered matte finished ink. Yes, I remember that. Um, that completed the look feel of the whole thing sadly my CD got nicked it was in my laptop CD drive when our office was done over sometime in the oh, 2000s no. oh no yeah it was lovely that CD uh, with the with the, had the face on the, the actual CD in colour um, oh oh the actual CD embossed. yeah really nice wow uh, keep on with the great podcast and I'll keep trying to convince people to listen thank you Aww, everyone thanks, convince people to listen to us yes yes um, yeah I was just going to say off the back of that as well the, the Friday Rock Show with Tommy Vance it was usually where I'd get to hear new Marillion stuff for as long as it ran when I knew that there was new Marillion music in, in the pipeline I don't, don't think I listened to it any other time other than the run up to a new Marillion Album. Oh really? So yeah. wait, is it a TV show or radio show? Well, well, that used to confuse me. Tommy, it was a radio show, the Friday Rock Show on Radio One, uh, but he used to call it TV on the radio, and it confused the hell out of me. I was like, what? What? Why? Because he's painting a picture in our heads. Mm. But no, it's because his initials, Tommy Vance. Oh, I see. Wasn't even his real name. I don't know if I told this story on the episode. That oh, now I remember. Yeah, I did. I don't know. Story. No, I don't know where, when you whether it was on the lost episode or the lot the mythical lost episode, <laughs> or whether it was on one that went out. Yeah, well, it's not his real name. He stole it <laughs> off another. Spoiler, everyone. Yeah, he, he stole it off another DJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he didn't steal it. Didn't someone tell him to use it? Well, yeah, he turned out. Oh my god! Now, yeah, you're now you have me to tell, tell it. Now you have to tell. Going, we heard the this story. already. We've heard this. Yeah, four stars. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Retells the same story over and over. You should listen to the Corona Diaries if you want to hear the same thing over and over again. H, come on, mate! <laughs> <laughs> Get with it! Remember what you've done from one week to the next. Anyway. Oh, okay, as as we're sitting here not remembering what we've done from one week to the next. Anyway, he yes, he was he had to stand in for another DJ, and they asked him to use that DJ's name. And that DJ never came back to the station, and so he just carried on calling himself Tommy Vance. Which is a good name. Yeah, TV on your radio. Yeah. All right, our next letter is from our friend Matthias in Sweden. Hello, Matthias. And he's back again, and he says, I just listened to the latest episode, great as always. I dare to write again, even though we don't have the same opinions on the song Brave. Or... 
if Made Again should be on the album. You are <gasps> indeed a brave man. Ooh, made Again as well. Wow. Well, it is only on certain versions of the album, depending on where you put the needle. <laughs> yeah, it. but it's always on the yes, album, yes, surely. Yes. Um, yeah, see, I got confused the first time you told that story. I thought that if you bought a certain issue of the a certain copy of the album, you wouldn't get Made Again at all. Right, I would say that's that. That's, that was my first understanding cheeky. of yeah. So then you'd have to buy another copy, hoping that you'd get the one. What? No, they couldn't do that. It would be outrage. Yeah. Well, I've realised this now. Wow. Okay. So Matthias continues. Before I leave Brave, I would like to develop this a bit further. One of the things I always loved about Marillion is their ability is their ability to write songs that just take off and create this great magic that we Marillion fans love. The Great Escape, Falling from the Moon, is one of the best examples of that type of song. I agree. That's like, I think that's the highest point in the album. The well, Falling the from, the moon, from the Moon. The Falling from just, the Moon yeah. section of Great Escape. Yeah. Um, that and his use of the phrase take off, that's how I see it. Yeah. When it goes, it's like a song suddenly launches into the stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I'd see it as well that, with a lot of their songs. That's such a good description. Songs. That's why I think it is the perfect ending to the Brave album, just like Neverland is on Marbles or Sky Above the Rain on Sounds That Can't Be Made. But probably we should just agree to disagree. <laughs> My initial thought was to write about Afraid of Sunlight, but I came back on that later. Instead, I want to give you some feedback on the Stephen Wilson episode. Ah, okay. and the opinions about Marillion in general. Okay. Really interesting to hear your views on why people seem to have so, such strange perceptions about the band and where the uncool label comes from. I've thought about this many, many times over the years. Are Marillion fans a bit ashamed of being Marillion fans? Or are we just afraid to introduce the band to other people because they would probably not get it anyway? I'm not ashamed at all, but I could definitely see myself being hesitant to play Marillion to people for the above reason. Why is that? I would love it if you talked more about this in future episodes. To hear you talk so passionately about Marillion is probably the main reason why I enjoy your podcast so much. So thanks again. And before I leave you, I'll share a little story related to the above subject. In Sweden, we have this famous comedy show that has been running for several years. 30-minute episodes, a bit like Monty Python Flying Circus. A few years ago, they did this scene where three couples were meeting for dinner at one of the couple's houses. Before dinner, they have a drink and a chat and the guys go through the record collection. One of them finds misplaced childhood and asks, Do you like Marillion? The host looks really uncomfortable and replies, No, I, I have no idea where that comes from. It's not mine. The scene goes on for a while, and in the end, you see the guys dancing, jumping, and singing to Espresso Bongo. It's hilarious. <laughs> and the conclusion is that all the guys like Marillion, but no one would admit it. When they wrote the script, they chose Marillion out of all the bands to be the one that would be the most uncool or outdated, which is interesting. Marillion is such a big part of my life, so I really hope their legacy will include more than Kaylee and inventing crowdfunding. Take care and stay safe, Matthias. While you were reading that, yeah, it reminded me I, I'd forgotten about this sketch. Uh, I can't remember which sketch show it was. Might have been it wasn't not the nine o'clock news. Might have been uh, a last Smith and Jones. I can't remember, but it was a guy goes into uh, a chemist's and walks up to the counter and goes, "I'll have a packet of condoms and some hemorrhoid cream, please, and a copy of the new Marillion album." Oh. <laughs> So, that was in a sketch show on TV. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's so weird for me. Like, you know, it's... it's. I'd never heard of them before no. I met you, I know, ever. Yeah. So just knowing them from their music, not knowing really about Fisher's face painting. I mean, you've told me about it, but that's not what I think of when I hear Fisher music. I don't know why they'd still be considered uncool in H-era music because he doesn't wear face paint or anything. Mm. Um, yeah, it just, it's so, it's so weird for me. Like when I see people making fun of you on Twitter for liking Marillion, I, I genuinely, it baffles me. 
it doesn't baffle me, probably because I've become numb to it. Numb, wow. Yeah, I'm just used to it. That means you've had it so much. The time that they were mentioning the young ones. Yeah, Were they? Yeah, Neil the hippie. um, Yeah, what happened? It was... uh, Because the men... The BBC used to switch off at the no- at night. They used to play the national anthem, uh, and they were watching telly one night just as the national anthem came on. And Neil, the hippie, yeah, he was a hippie, yeah, um, went boo. What about some Hawkwind or Marillion? <laughs> <laughs> Neil, who's, who who was the first person I ever saw live. He did a gig, right, because he had now Neil's heavy concept album, yeah. Um, and then I remember Spitting Image, a Spitting Image book had a review of some new Marillion music and it was all kind of stuff like, oh, you know, their the songs were called things like Supper's Nearly Ready. Oh, dear. <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was in the, the, the Alan Partridge movie, Al, Alpha Papa, but where uh, kind of one of the characters went on to become the drummer in Marillion or something like that, or was the drummer in Marillion. But it wasn't done in a derogatory way there. But at the same time, I think it was like Merillion because Merillion immediately you just, ha ha ha, Merillion, because mm. they're not cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I think at the premiere of that, Lucy arranged for everyone to get a Merillion sampler CD. It was on, placed on all the seats at the premiere. Of Alpha Papa? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, which was good of her. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that even in Sweden, because I, I suppose I had this slight perception that on the continent, in Europe, they were sort of more accepted than they were here. But I guess if even in Sweden, they yeah. were still the butt of jokes, then wow. it's just universal. Just Australia that it didn't reach. I wish that I could think of an equivalent from when I was growing up. There isn't... I, I can't think of another band that is equivalent. I have a feeling like there was the equivalent, but... But I don't... I can't... I mean, yeah, it's a bit from a different era because it's like, for example, I remember New Kids on the Block becoming a bit uncool. Yeah, but the... the After I their think... first album, and it was like, oh, you still like New Kids on the Block? How embarrassing. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... But it's not the no, same, is it? No. No, because for That's me... That's really not for the me, same. For me, Meridian... What what makes sets them apart is that they've, despite that, despite always having that association with being uncool and crap, they've carried on. You know, mm. they're because I, I think the reason why they've carried they've on, they've pushed through it. They've pushed through it is because they're not crap. Yeah, it's because pushed, they're actually good. They've pushed through that invisible force field into the coolness. I don't know about that. No, that's no, that's not what I'm saying in the slightest. They've never become cool. <laughs> they're cool. They are. They're cool in their okay, own way. Okay, let's not again have All another right. one of our big debates about what's cool and what isn't cool. Of course, such what, a dumb concept What I'm trying anyway. to say is there's no one like Marillion that have managed to have a career that long, you know, which is about to go into album 19. Yeah. Or is it album 20 or is it album 18, depending on which what you class as a, an official Marillion album. Uh, but I think the fact they've carried on is is testament to the fact that Fans, enough people have heard them and go, they're not crap. They're, and appreciate yeah. their work. Yeah, and come to it without the, the baggage. But as Matthias says, you know, I've certainly gone through periods where I've been embarrassed to tell people I'm a Meridian fan. You know, I used to sort of say, oh, you know, people go, what's your favourite band? And I'd go, oh, like all sorts. <laughs> chart music. <laughs> I never said chart music. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway. Well, that, I think we finally got through the letters. Let's hope my hard drive doesn't die for the second time. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a new one, haven't I've you? I've got a new one. So next week, we've got a bit of a special episode. We do. We've got our first guest. Our first guest, who is the third member of the podcast, Fraser Marshall. Hooray. Yeah. Who is Fraser Marshall, you may ask? Well, if you don't remember him from previous episodes, he's a member of Marillion's fan club team. and The web. He, the web. And he also is responsible for the website Meridian Explanations of Song Elements. And we're going to be chatting to him about the history of the web, which for me growing up, the web was kind of sort of semi-mythical. I always heard about the web. It's always been there as long as Meridian have existed. They've always had this fan club from the earliest sort of days. I think 82 it started, the, the fan club. So before they had a record contract, 
there was always a fan club. Wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we're going to be talking to him. Uh, and we've already recorded the interview and it's really, really interesting. Uh, and we're also going to be looking at some early issues of the magazine itself, the fan club magazine, Ooh. with some very, very revealing band member Q&As. <laughs> Wait until you get to hear what Rother's hobby was back in the early 80s. Sonia's already cringing. <laughs> I will never un-know that. Yeah. But anyway, spoilers for next week. So why don't you go leave us a, a four-star review on... Uh, why don't you go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell people about us, which is really important. Subscribe to us. Uh, send us a message beampod at gmail.com we're going to be talking about Afraid of Sunlight the week after next so you can start getting in your opinions for when we do our Afraid of Sunlight post bag you can message us about anything in fact but that's going to be the next one we talk about also if you find us on Twitter beampod at Twitter or at beampod on Twitter and Facebook I think that's it is there anything else to tell people we love them we love you <laughs> sorry we took a week off we won't do it again we might no we will we for will. sure we will for sure yeah not this week not next week but one day soon I'm rambling thanks for listening we'll catch you next week for our The Web special bye bye ciao ciao